This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Week 10 of the college football season concluded. Week 9 of the NFL season concluded this recently with Monday Night Football ending. Lot to break down here at Saturday to Sunday football. So we're going to do it a little bit differently on this week, uh, weekly recap show. We're going to do a quick NFL draft report with our SS teams of the week. And then I thought it was a good portion now. We're about two months into the college football season. A lot of stuff has came in. I did a full updated draft eligible rankings. I'm going to share my top 10, my top 12 of each of the offensive skill positions, where things stand right now, some new names into the mix that I have preliminarily put in as I'm still doing a deep dive on them, and then I will put their final adjustments uh, for where I think they fall right now during the college football season. Obviously, this stuff is all very fluid. The rest of the season, bowl season, the playoff season, and then the pre-draft months will fluctuate these rankings a lot over you know the next X amount of months leading into the NFL draft. So let's jump right into it for the NFL draft report. S to S, team of the week. First string team of the week is Jaden Daniels at the quarterback position. Uh, Obviously out of LSU this week, he lost to Alabama, but not because of him. 219 yards passing, two touchdowns, at 163 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground there. Jaden Daniels continues to see his stock elevate and move up rankings. I will talk more about him momentarily. First string running back of the week was Travion Henderson out of Ohio State this past week, 128 yards on the ground with a touchdown, uh, but also chipped in with five catches, 80 yards in the win over Rutgers. I have talked a lot about the RB1 position, the RB2, the top five RB positions, very fluid in terms of the college football season. Travion Henderson for sure in the mix. Uh, The first string wide receiver of the week, Malik Neighbors out of LSU. 10 catches, 171 yards, and one touchdown against Alabama. You know Nick Saban uses that same Bill Belichick model of trying to take out the best defender out of the game plan, and Malik Neighbors is that player on LSU, and he still put up 10 catches for 171 yards and one touchdown. Malik Neighbors squarely in the top two to top four wide receiver mix. I'm pretty confident he's going to be off the board in the first half of round one. And the first string tight end of the week, He's been a guy we've talked about a lot about on here, and that's Ben Sinnott out of Kansas State. Five catches, 69 yards in that game against Texas, showing his ability to be a weapon in the passing game. I think Sinnott is ticketed for somewhere on day two, probably a round three type selection. Uh, I'd be surprised if he slips to round four, but he could be in that round three, round four border. If we take this to the second string team of the week, at the quarterback position, it's Carson Beck out of Georgia. Georgia beat Missouri this past week. Carson Beck had 254 yards and two touchdowns. And out of nowhere, Carson Beck is moving himself up into position to be a guy talked about in terms of the NFL draft. You know, he's six foot four, 220 pounds, the junior. This year he has 2,716 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, and four interceptions. But he's an, he's a new name at the quarterback position that I've done some preliminary deep dive into. I want to watch some more games. But he's now a guy who's squarely in the mix in that like top 10, top 12 quarterbacks for this draft class. We'll see who declares, who doesn't. 
But Carson Beck is a guy who I think has put himself on the radar now to be in consideration for day two. Uh, and if not day two, an early day three potential if he declares and comes out early. Second string running back of the week this week is Jonathan Brooks out of Texas, 112 yards, one touchdown. This is a guy who does a little bit of everything. He's He's got good acceleration and bursts. He's got really good play strength. He's got great contact balance. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. And Jonathan Brooks is one of the hottest names right now at the running back position in college football that I think he's now put himself in the mix with Trey Benson, with Blake Corum, with Travion Henderson as being one of the top three to five running backs in college football when you're talking about transitioning to the NFL draft. So I think Jonathan Brooks is a name not being talked about a lot right now. I saw Dame Brugler uh, had him on his just missed uh, top top 50 big board uh, for the middle of the year, and that's obviously going to garner some attention and some eyes. Uh, but Jonathan Brooks is is a name that I, I think is, people are going to become more familiar with because you don't see him in a lot of, you know, top, you didn't see him in any top five running back boards or anything before the season started. I don't even think you saw him in top tens, but I think he's now squarely in that mix in terms of the top five, top six running backs in this class and puts himself on the map as maybe being a day two guy. Maybe it's round three, maybe it's round four. Uh, but I, I think it's a down running back class, but I think Jonathan Brooks is now in the mix to be one of the top five running backs taken uh, in the 2024 NFL draft. His teammate is the second string wide receiver of the week, and that is A.D. Mitchell. He had eight catches, 149 yards and one touchdown. He reminds me a lot of George Pickens in terms of the good and the developmental areas. You still want to see more refinement in terms of his route running and better understanding of route concepts and stuff like that. But his athleticism, his ability to win vertically down the field, his body control, his ball skills, his frame uh, remind me a lot of George Pickens. He's kind of putting it all together this year. I think he's now put himself in the mix to be a round two or round three draft pick in the 2024 NFL draft. And then the second string tight end of the week, haven't talked about him during the year, but we did talk about him before the season started in the tight end show. And that's Brevin Span Ford out of Minnesota. Three catches, 58 yards and a touchdown this week. While he only has 18 catches for 167 yards on the year, he's just not a an integral part of that offense. But we're talking about a guy who I think has got early day three potentially. Six foot seven, 270 pounds. So teams are looking for those second tight ends. And I think Span Ford offers a, a nice blend of pass catching ability, but also the size and frame to play in line. So Span Ford is an interesting player that I think could be on our attention uh, in the early day for portion of the 2024 NFL draft. So one on, one honorable mention this week is we saw the best game of Raheem Sanders for this year uh, out of Arkansas, the running back who garnered a lot of attention. He was in a lot of people's top five running back boards before the season started. I don't think he's there right now, but 103 yards this past week is his best game of the year. We'll see if he can kind of catapult that. Um, to increase his draft stock here down the the home stretch of this football season. So there there wasn't a lot of things that really stood out. So I also thought it was just a good time to maybe do a little bit of a rankings update. We're two months into the college football season and started, you know, the real week started on Labor Day weekend. We're now, you know, sitting here at November 6th, uh, about two months in. I think things have shaken up a lot in terms of the landscape. Um, So I'm going to go through my, my rankings a little bit here. Instead of doing a, a Debbie slant this week, we're going to spend a little bit longer time on the NFL draft report. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna tie it together to some rankings update. People always like to talk about rankings, 
Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do that for this segment of the show now before we kind of turn it over to some NFL stuff. So what I'm gonna do for people who are watching on YouTube, I'm gonna screen share my rankings notebook page so you guys can see my rankings if you're watching on YouTube. And let's just start talking about it a little bit. At the quarterback position, my updated rankings as of 11-6. Caleb Williams still sits there at 1, and Drake, Me- Drake May at a UNC at 2. Before the year started, for me, it was a clear 1-2. Now it's much more a 1-A, 1-B. I still have it as 1-2 and two on my rankings, but it's still it's very much now 1-A, 1-B. I think the scenario has now opened the door with some of Caleb Williams' uh, inconsistencies this year and some poor decision-making and just not handling pressure as well as last year. And Drake May, you know, Drake May has the ideal size, has the ideal frame, has the athleticism, the arm talent. Uh, he reminds me so much of Justin Herbert. So if, if you're talking about a guy of, of Justin Herbert caliber in terms of upside, he's going to be right there with Caleb Williams because we look at Caleb Williams and we want to think, you know, Patrick Mahomes. But like Mahomes, you know, Mahomes is a certain style that that works that isn't really ever been replicated. And I'm not sure it can be replicated. Uh, but I still, I still am a believer in Caleb Williams. I know he's had some up and downs this year, but to me, it's much more now a one A one B. I think NFL teams will be very split. I think, you know, I, I think about the team like the Giants, who are now unfortunately in the mix. You know, they could they could look at Drake May and and you know Brian Dable and Joe Shane might look at Drake May and think, okay, he's he's more of a Josh Allen type player. That's the guy we want to hitch our wagon to more than Caleb Williams. And I don't and I don't think they'd be the only team that maybe looks at that scenario the same way. So I think now it's very much a 1A, 1B scenario. I would not I would not be surprised anymore if Drake May was taken ahead of Caleb Williams. To me, they're still the clear 1-2 quarterbacks in this class. And number three, I have Shadu Sanders out of Colorado. Again, I, I have prefaced this a lot. I do not think he's coming out. I think he's going to end up staying in college, uh, stay there with Travis Hunter, stay there with his dad for another year, and then make a decision. But right now, He's at number three. I've been impressed with him. He's playing me on a porous offensive line. He's asked to do a lot, and I've been impressed with what I've seen out of Shadu Sanders. Number four is Michael Panix Jr. out of Washington. Number five is J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. Number six is Quinn Ewers out of Texas. Number seven is Jordan Travis out of FSU. Number eight is Bo Nix out of Oregon. Number nine is Jaden Daniels out of LSU. And number 10 is Carson Beck out of Georgia. Just missing my top 10 uh, was Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami and followed by Joe Milton, Spencer Rattler, Cameron Ward, and then Riley Leonard. Things that stand out there. Jaden Daniels has, has made his initial move up, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure it's enough of a move up. I've been so impressed with Jaden Daniels that I think, for me, after the top three quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Shady Sanders, those are the guys that I think are round one caliber prospects. From Michael Panix through Jaden Daniels, to me, those guys are day two type players right now, whether some teams might look at them as early to mid-round two. Some people might look at them as, you know, early to mid-round three. I could see a scenario for all of them. I could see shuffling them. Jaden Daniels has already made his move up to be from a day three player, now to squarely in the mix as a round two, round three guy. And I think he could continue to climb this list. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. Some people have him as a round one guy right now. I need to be, I'm a little bit more reserved. I need to see a little bit more we got big games coming up for Michigan. I think it's going to tell the story a lot of J.J. McCarthy, whether he can go up to number four on this list ahead of Michael Panix Jr., or is he going to slide back down? Uh, so right now he's, he's he's slated in number five, but I think there could be movement there. 
Quinn Ewers at number six just hasn't shown as much growth and development as I thought he was. I thought he was going to be locked into maybe a top 10 pick in this draft. I think now he's more of a developmental day two type player. We'll see if he decides to come out. We'll see if he stays there. We'll see if he goes to the transfer portal uh, with Arch Manning behind him there as well. Michael Panics, I know his season has been unbelievable, but I still have questions about him playing off structure. I have questions about how he would handle, uh, you know, without elite wide receivers. He's got a quick release. He pushes the ball vertically down the field. He does have some, some inconsistent ball placement and accuracy at times. I'm not sure. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect in, in terms of what the NFL thinks of him and what uh, Debbie and, and Draft Twitter think of him. I think Debbie and Draft Twitter think he's a round one lock. I think it's a little bit more up in the air in terms of NFL landscape. I think they might have guys like Michael Pan, uh, like J.J. McCarthy, Quinn Ewers, ahead of, of Michael Panish Jr., He's a little bit older of a prospect. He's had a lot of injuries in the past. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think Michael Patrick Jr., he's not a guy who does a lot with his legs. He's a, he's an in-the-pocket quarterback, uh, needs a good offensive line, doesn't make a lot of plays you know, off structure. So I think that's what hurts him a little bit. But what I've seen in terms of this year, I've been impressed with Michael Patrick Jr. taking the next step. So for me, he sits there right now number four. But like I said, four through nine, Penix, McCarthy, Ewers, Travis, Nix, Daniels, that really can be shuffled in any which way. I know I'm a lot higher on Jordan Travis than most people. I like him more than I liked Jerron Hall last year. And Jerron Hall is a guy who I thought should have went in the fourth round last year or even late third. Uh, I think Jordan Travis is a day two caliber prospect. I'm hoping that if Florida State makes a, a deep run this year, you know, the, the national eyes and the attention that Jordan Travis gets kind of pushes him up to where I think he should be taken, which is somewhere on day two. Uh and then Carson back rounded out my top 10 with Tyler Van Dyke. Van Dyke, a name from the past that some people thought could be a round one pick in 2023. Uh, he started to show, he he regressed a little bit last year, showed some development and growth this year. This past week, a really poor week, but I, I'm not going to hold one week against him. I do think now he is now in the mix uh, back in that, you know, late day two, early day three range for sure. So that's kind of how I see the quarterback landscape right now. You know, Williams may 1A, 1B at the top. Shady Sanders kind of in his own tier. We'll see if he comes out. And then that 4 through 9 group, very muddled. Uh, McCarthy is the guy who I think could stand alone if he plays really well down the stretch of the season. And I think Jaden Daniels could continue to climb and ascend that list as well. If we take this to the running back position, my updated running back rankings, Number one starts and still stays with Trey Benson out of Florida State. Now, that's partially a product of him, but also partially a product of this. It's just been a down running back year. I still think he's a guy who I love his ability to pick up yards after contact. I love his power, his play strength, his footwork, his balance. So a lot of things I like about Trey Benson. Blake Corman, number two uh, out of Michigan. Trayvon Henderson, at number three out of Ohio State. Number four, Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin. Number five, Donovan Edwards out of Michigan. Number six, Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. Number seven, I still have Raheem Sanders there out of Arkansas. Number eight, Will Shipley out of Clemson. Number nine, Bucky Irving out of Oregon. Number 10, Audrick Esteem out of Notre Dame. So those are the guys that kind of have in my top 10 right there. Uh, other names that I think are new to the mix that that are a little bit interesting is running back Devin Neal. He'd be another guy that I would say, uh, it looks like for some reason he came off of my list, but he should be right there, uh, and I'll put him in right now. He should be right there at number 11, right after Audrick Esteem, just missing out on my top 10. Uh, 
he's another interesting player that I that I've been getting into and doing a little bit more of a deep dive to on him as well. So there hasn't been a lot of movement in this. I would say the the the, the new names added to the top 10, 11 there have been Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. I talked about him before. I think he could continue to push his way into the mix and be above Diamond Edwards, above Braylon Allen, above Travion Henderson. That's how impressed I've been with him. Uh, Audrey Kasim out of Notre Dame and Devin Neal out of Kansas. They're the new names added to the mix here. But again, it's been a very ho-hum year that I think the running back landscape is going to kind of really be dictated by the the conclusion of this year. And then some tiebreakers are going to be things like the, you know, the all-star games. If any of these guys, you know, you know, are eligible for any of them. That I don't really know sometimes is most of them are underclassmen besides Blake Corum. Uh, you know, but sometimes in terms of, uh, you know, graduation requirements, sometimes some of these guys get to be in there. Uh, we'll see about the combine and, and athletic testing. I think that might separate these guys a little bit. But right now, Benson's my guy still at the top, even though he hasn't had this great year. But I think I don't think any of the running backs really have had. I think Jonathan Brooks has been the most impressive guy. And I think he's moving up this board. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he eventually, you know, moves higher up this list. So let's take this to the to wide receiver position. Uh, updated top 10. Let's start there. Number one is Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. Number two is Malik Neighbors out of LSU. Number three is Keon Coleman out of Florida State. Number four is Roma Dunze out of Washington. Number five is Emeka Ibukba out of Ohio State. Number six is Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Number seven is Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. Uh, number eight is Xavier Worthy out of Texas. Number nine is Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. Number 10 is A.D. Mitchell out of Texas. Number 11 is Devontae Walker out of UNC. Number 12 is James Polk out of Washington. Number 13 is Ladd McConkey uh, out of Georgia. And I'll stop at number 14 right now is Jalen McMillan out of Washington. Actually, one more. I'll go 15. J. Michael Sturdivant out of UCLA. And then there's still really other talented names. Drew Swells out of South Carolina, unfortunately, the injury. Johnny Wilson out of Florida State. Uh, you know, are, are some other guys there just outside my top 10. So, big differences and changes since before the season started. New names that have been added to the mix. Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. Uh, you know, Malik Neighbors' running mate. He's been super impressive this past year. Uh, you know, I talked about him on one of the SS teams of the week. Six foot four, 205 pounds. You know, great size, frame, ability to go up and, and win at the catch point. Uh, love the package. I'm in the middle of doing a deep dive on Brian Thomas Jr. I'm going to do an episode where I go into deep on a lot of these guys that weren't on the before the season uh, started and give my full detailed scouting report on these players. But Brian Thomas is a new name to the mix. James Polk is a new name to the mix. We did talk about him on a couple SS teams of the week shows, but the redshirt sophomore, 6-2-204, I think he's now put himself in position that his upside and ceiling might even be higher than his teammate Jalen McMillan not the same level of Romo Dunze but also uh in his own right very impressive we'll see as a redshirt sophomore if he comes out so things that really kind of standing out here at the running back at the wide receiver position I still have Malik Neighbors in number two but before the season started for me he was a clear-cut number two I think now Keon Coleman and Romo Dunze they are right on his heels so it's very hard to separate them. To me, Marvin Harrison is in his own tier. And then Neighbors, Coleman, and Roman Dunze make up the next tier. 
they are all guys I think should be gone in the first 15 picks of the NFL draft. I think this should be a going back to what we saw in the 2022 NFL draft when we had Drake London, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson. We saw all those wide, Gary Wilson. We saw all those wide receivers go in the top 15, top 16 picks. I think we're going to have that this year. I think we're going to see four in the top 12 to top 15. That's how special these players are. If somebody wants to have Keon Coleman at number two, I think you can make the, the strong argument. He still might move up to number two for me. Same thing with Romo Odunze. Neighbors, Coleman, and Odunze, I can re-rank them in any which way and make a strong justification. I think more than one of them could sneak into the top 10 or top 12 like I talked about. I think you could see four wide receivers potentially go very, very early in the 2024 NFL Draft. Egbukwa has been injured a little bit, but I still have him there as a solid round one prospect somewhere maybe in the 20s. And then Troy Franklin has been the biggest mover up from a guy who I thought was on that round three, round four border before the season started. To me, he's now squarely in the mix as an early day two prospect, uh, a round two guy. We'll see if he can push his way into the round one mix. That's how impressive he's been this year. If we get a big run on wide receivers early, it would not be stunned to see Troy Franklin jump into the mix there in late round one or early round two. Brian Thomas, like I talked about, he, he's, his dress stock is skyrocketing right now. Really impressed with Brian Thomas. Going to do a deep dive on him and share my full detailed scouting thoughts on him. Xavier Worthy, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I think the draft Twitter and Debbie Twitter, myself included, is a little bit higher on him uh, than the NFL circles. I think he's very much you know, like a Hollywood Brown type player. So I'm still a fan of him and, and I'm going to see what he can do uh, in the pre-draft months. I think people want speed and he has that speed. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky, the Debo comps are going to be there. Uh, you could do a lot of different things with Malachi Corley. Teams are going to be intrigued with him somewhere on day two. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, talked about him before. George Pickens style player. I think he's squarely in the mix now to be a day two guy. Devontae Walker back from, uh, you know, back with the team a couple weeks ago and he is hitting the ground running. I think he's very much in the day two mix. Same thing with James Polk. I, I think if he comes out, his stock is soaring. He could be a top 50 player. For sure. Uh, talked about Lad McConkey last week and, and Jalen McMillan. Those are guys, very impressive seasons. I could see McConkey going somewhere in round three. I could see Jalen McMillan somewhere in, in that later round three mix as well. Really strong class. I think we're going to have back to 15 to 17 wide receivers taken in the top 100. Uh, it's, it's a fun group, and I think we're going to see some movement at the top in that two for four area. And then I think, you know, that sixth through 10 area you know, very close-knit together. We could see some separation during the pre-draft months for sure. If we take this to the tight ends, uh, Brock Bowers sits at number one. Number two, Jatavian Sanders out of Texas. Number three, Ben Sinn out of Kansas State. Number four, Cade Stover out of Ohio State. Number five, Bryson Nesbitt out of North Carolina. Those are the guys who I think have legit chance. Uh, obviously, Bowers is going round one. I think Jatavian Sanders is more of a day two guy. Uh, probably round two, and then I think Sinnott, Cade Stover, and Bryson Nesbitt, they're more round three type players. After that, I have Luke Lachey at number six, Jaheim Bell at seven, Theo Johnson at eight, and Eric All at nine, obviously all out the season with an injury. Uh, I think Theo Johnson could be a guy who sneaks in the late round three, early round four. Uh, Jaheim Bell, that movable chess piece like Okonkwo, and Luke Lachey, another guy I'm intrigued with. Could see him going back to school as well. So it's really the top five there are, are guys that I think I'm really intrigued with. And I think we'll see them come off the board in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. So there it is, guys, my updated rankings. Hopefully you, you enjoyed that. Uh, let's spin this over to the NFL side of things for a little bit with a quick rookie report. Uh, 
rookie quarterbacks playing all over the place in the NFL. Let's start with C.J. Stroud. I mean, 30 of 42, 470 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, right now his stock is soaring. Everything we saw in that Georgia game has came to fruition as the guy who, again, I talked about it. I went on the Football Guys show and I said that what C.J. Stroud did in that last game to me changed the whole narrative on him as a player. It looked like he could handle pressure. It looked like he can play off structure. And we have seen that come to fruition now. And it's been a really impressive start to his career. And I think I think right now the Texans have found their long-term answer. Um, if we were redrafting today, I think, <laughs> hands down, C.J. Stroud's the first quarterback off the board. As much as I love Anthony Richardson, that injury factor still, you know, I think C.J. Stroud would be the team, would be the guy most people take. I think Anthony Richardson would be two. I think, unfortunately, Bryce Young would be three, maybe, because Will Levis continues to look good. Uh, I know they lost the game the other day, but that was not to do with Will Levis. 22 of 39, 262. Some of his plays really impressive there in that game last Thursday night against Pittsburgh. Uh, Aiden O'Connell has taken over now the Vegas job uh, with the change there in the regime. 16 of 25, 209 yards, got an easy victory over the Giants this past week. Uh, Jerron Hall got the start for Minnesota. He got injured and left the game. Uh, Clayton Toon played for Arizona for one week. Uh, he he really struggled in his debut there. But it's really stories all about C.J. Stroud uh, and Will Levis as well, looking impressive again in his second game, even in the loss uh, there for the Titans. If we take this to the running backs, don't forget Devin Achain set to come off IR really soon. We'll see if he can get right back in the mix and be that star-studded rookie that we saw for a couple weeks, uh, you know, early in the year. Jameer Gibbs, this is from week eight. He had a bye week nine, but on week eight, he played on Monday Night Football when I was recording. Uh, he showed he could carry a heavy workload. Obviously, they don't want to give him 26 touches, but with David Montgomery out, 26 touches, 152 yards and one touchdown. Total explosiveness for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he should be way high in running back rankings right now for Dynasty League, just because of the position as a whole is really struggling, to say the least. Uh, Jameer Gibbs right there in that top five mix for sure. At the wide receiver position, Tank Dell exploding again with C.J. Stroud. Six catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm not sure there's going to be a—I'm sure when the dust settles, he's going to clearly have been the best value in all 2023 uh, fantasy rookie drafts, dynasty rookie drafts, because Dell was going, like, ridiculously late, like— early to mid-third, some late thirds. I mean, this is a guy who I, I had pegged as a guy warranted going right there in the mid to late second, where guys <clears throat> like Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims, Rachel Wrights were going. I thought Tank Dell should have been right there in the mix. But unfortunately, a lot of people were worried, overly worried about the size. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, at the tight end position, Dalton Kincaid, 10 catches this past week, 81 yards. He is now fully integrated as one of the focal points of that pass offense there for Buffalo. Great to see Dalton Kincaid. I continue to say this tight end class is going to be very special in terms of what we get out of it. And then let's end with the, a quick NFL Dynasty report. Since there were no big storylines, I decided for what I'm going to do for this week, a, a quick buy or sell from, from some of the positions. At the quarterback position, I'd be buying Kyler Murray right now. I think we have forgotten that when he's at his best, he's a real impactful fantasy asset. And he's been out of sight, out of mind. He hasn't played yet this year. He might even be rusty in week one. But a team who has Kyler Murray probably made plans for this year. So he might be their backup. I'd be a little aggressive trying to go get Kyler Murray. 
We talked about the landscape at a quarterback position last week. It's not pretty. So a guy like Kyler Murray now might be the time to go get Kyler Murray right now. If we're talking about selling, I would be selling Deshaun Watson. He had a decent game this past week. I, I, I just don't see the ceiling coming back for Deshaun Watson. I think he still might have more name value than real value. So if I was you and someone still thinks he has the ceiling to be back to that top five, top eight quarterback range, I'd sell right now. So sell Deshaun Watson, buy Kyler Murray at the quarterback position. At the running back position, sell Tony Pollard. As much as it pains me, he's 27 years old. He's a free agent after the year. This was his first year he was asked to be the guy. I don't know what the future holds for Tony Pollard. I doubt it's ever going to be what we thought this year was going to offer him, and it didn't pan out. So I have been the biggest supporter for years. I said, bye, 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 Tony Pollard. If he still is holding value as a top 12 dynasty running back, and he probably is based on the lack of options there, I would try to get out now if somebody is looking at him as still a top 12 asset. I think he belongs at the back end of that top 12, but right now it's more of a lack of options than anything he's done on the field. In terms of guys I'm buying, I want to I get in on Ty J. Spears now when he probably only costs like an early second round rookie pick. Uh, they kept Derrick Henry, so some people might be like, oh, well, Henry's going to still be there. I would still want to get in on Ty J. Spears right now. At the wide receiver position, my guy that I'm going to say to buy right now, it's a, it's a tough one. The running back position a little bit harder than the other positions. I think the guy that I'd want to be buying right now is Drake London. I think that offense as a whole right now still very much broken. I think there might be a regime change at the end of the year. I, I think now might be the time that Drake London will cost less than he will down the line. So he'd be my buy. My sell might be a little controversial, but I'm going to say sell Cooper Cup. I think I would not be stunned if Matthew Stafford is not the quarterback of the Rams next year. I think at some point they're going to blow this up. Uh, does Cooper Cup get traded with the success of Puka Nakua? I mean, he's an older prospect, but he can still bring back so much value. So if you're don't if you don't if you're not trying to win right now and you're not an elite team, I would love to see what you can get for Cooper Cup. I'd rather get out a tad early on guys like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, than I then hold them and then lo- them lose a lot of their value. Like again, if you're winning and you're contending right now, no, you can't trade these guys. But if you're not, if you're on the peripheral right beyond that, and you maybe you're going to make the playoffs but not a legit contender, or if you're not a playoff contender, I think selling those wide receivers at that age who still have really high value is, is a smart decision if you can get back a haul back and either picks or young players and stuff like that. Tight end position, I didn't really see anything glaring in terms of buys or or sells for this week, so I wasn't going to force the issue there. So there it is, guys, a little bit uh, buy and sell. Uh, in the dynasty landscape there at the quarterback position. Again, just reiterating, buy Kyler Murray, sell Deshaun Watson at the running back position, uh, sell Tony Pollard uh, would be my, my thing at the at the running back position at, at the wide receiver and buy Ty J. Spears at the wide receiver position, sell Cooper Cup and buy Drake London. So there it is, guys. Another episode in the books. Uh if you are enjoying the show, please get over to the website, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, best way to support the show uh, to help us continue to grow. In terms of uh, the website, get over to the website, ssfootball.com. It's the fastest and easiest way 
uh, to get to the website and check out our premium content for $9.99. You get access to all of our premium notebooks. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.